0: All right, well, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Greetings, Woo. Burlington Church of Christ. Okay, all right. Woo. Good to have you. Good to be with you guys. Um, if you're visiting this morning, I just want to extend a special welcome to you. What are we doing here? Well, uh, we're actually uh, visiting ministers here from the Boston Church of Christ, and uh, we are part of a family, New England family of churches, and so... Uh, you know, over the next few weeks, uh, you know, of course, with, uh, the permission of this church, you're gonna have different speakers coming on through, uh, to share and, uh, about the topic, or we'll preach about the topic, faith inspired by. And, uh, and today we're gonna talk about faith inspired by God's reputation. And so that's gonna be the topic, uh, for this morning. But I just wanna say that, uh, I just want to turn it over to Lil here, and she has a few things she will want to say before oh, well. we get going here. So right.
1: I'm just here to say thank you so much for having us here. And it's so great to see familiar faces like Sue and Peter and Jeanette um, that we've known for a few years. And uh, you have quite a great uh, church here. It was mm-hmm. so awesome to spend time with um Brian and Katie, Devon and Monica and the Hollies and Rob, just having great conversations and Richard and I both left so inspired by your faith, mm-hmm. you know, by your endurance because of hope. And it was so encouraging. And I also want to say a great thank you to Jesse and Zach Come on. for hosting mm-hmm. us and yeah. some awesome conversations and connections Good food and too. so we are so grateful to be here. It's always a privilege to be to be to visit a church, you know, that we're not we are a part of, but you don't see. And it's always great to see people who are worshiping God on the northern side of the U.S. and especially for us bordering Canada. So we are so excited to be here, and thank you for having us. Amen. No. Alright,
0: uh, I just want to say that uh, definitely Vermont's one of my favorite uh, states. Uh, and the reason is because I'm an outdoors person. Right. I know many of you mm-hmm. are. And last summer, actually a few months ago, we actually cycled from my front door in Arlington right up to Lake Champlain right here in, in, in Burlington. Cool. And so that was, it was awesome, you know, coming through uh, the state and seeing the beauty, the mountain state, you know, and uh, I think most of the time uh that we take vacations actually in Vermont. And so uh, we are we're really excited to be here, more excited that we are with the church and we are with you guys. So thank you for having us. Amen. Uh you know, faith inspired by God's reputation. First of all, let me just uh, say this is my family. Uh this is uh this is um uh on the uh, on your left, that's Amanda, that's my daughter-in-law, that's Jonathan. Uh, that's my oldest son, uh, Haley in the middle, Stephen, uh youngest, and that uh, that young yeah. woman right next to me yeah. and that uh, beautiful woman that's my wife, Lil, and then and that's me trying to hold it down there. And also, uh, right up in the corner there is, is our granddaughter. All right. Yeah, you know, uh, Hazel Marie, that little button. You know, uh, look every time I see her, and so. Uh, that's our family. By the grace of God, we're all—they're all disciples, and so we're very, very grateful for that. You know, it's funny. You—you know, you gotta love wedding pictures, right? You know, people, everyone looks like they have it all together. <laughs> Hope we don't. Okay, so pray for us. We need the grace of God, just like you. Need the grace of God. But I love that picture because that was just a good day when we had it all together. At least we <laughs> thought we had it all together. But uh, anyway, so that's my family. I just wanted to introduce you to them and, uh, of course, our latest edition, uh, Hazel Marie Islam. Okay, and so faith inspired by God's reputation. I got to get there. Turn your Bibles to Romans or you can look on if you don't have a Bible. Um, in Romans chapter, uh, chapter uh, 4, verse 18. It says this. I'll wait for you to get there or you can turn your Bibles. It says, um, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be without weakening in his faith. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old, and Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. And here's my first thought. Abraham believed in God's reputation. Abraham believed in God's reputation. You know, do you see what I see in these scriptures? without weakening in his faith. Um, my, my wife lately is, was talking, you know, was actually sharing about Jesus, and one of the things she admired about Jesus is that, you know, he never collapsed in his faith. And I like that. I like, you know, Abraham never collapsed in his faith. You know, you know even though he went through a lot of trials, he never collapsed in his faith. He faced the facts regarding a pretty tough family situation. Sarah was along in age, God had promised Abraham a child, and uh, it was long in coming. And yet, how was he strengthened? Well, he gave glory to God, and he was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. God had power. Yep. You know, Zach talked about Christ, you know, about do you want to get well? Well, if you don't believe God has power, how are you going to get well if you don't have that kind of faith? Monager. Abraham believed God that He had power. Yep. He had the power to do what He had promised. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he staked his faith on God's reputation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know. Uh, you don't know, you don't know this guy, but his uh, you oh you may. This is Haseley Crawford. Uh, uh, what what is, what is he doing up there? Uh, this is the 1976 Olympic gold medalist of the 100 meters. And uh, when I was actually a college athlete, and uh, you know, I guess a, a Olympic hopeful uh, in the 400 meters, there was one summer that I, I I injured my hamstring like really badly, and I decided that I was I didn't want to run the race anymore. I didn't want to race anymore. And I I went home for the summer, and I told my dad. I said, Dad. I don't, want to, I don't want to do this thing anymore, it's really hard, I'm very discouraged, I was missing the whole season, and uh, my dad had an idea, uh, Hazy Crawford was his good friend, wow. and this was in the Caribbean, this actually in Trinidad, and he, that's where actually I was born, and so he called him up and he said, can you come by my house and speak to Richard? Now I had no relationship with this Olympic champion. And, uh, and so, I'm upstairs, uh, you know, feeling sorry for myself, deciding that I'm not going to run anymore, I'm done being an athlete, and then I hear my dad's voice, Richard, someone wants to see you. I said, who is it? And he says, uh, just come down, someone wants to see you. And I come downstairs, and there's like this 6 200-plus muscular guy standing there in a track outfit. He says, hello, Richard. I was like... Haisley Crawford? And he says, how are you? Nice to meet you. And he shook my hand. It's like, probably his hand is all the way up here, you know? And he, I said, what are you doing here? He says, uh, I want to run with you. I said, you want to run with me? He said, yes, I know you were injured. He said, but I heard you're better. I said, he says, let's go for a jog. And I was like... I'll be right back.
1: <laughs>
0: and I went and I put on my, my, my running stuff, and uh, he took me, and we, we, we actually jogged around the golf course, and he was, while we were jogging, he began talking to me about his journey, and the interest he had had, and how he recovered, and then he said, you know, he says, one day you can be a champion, and I looked at him, and I thought, you think so? He says, yeah, absolutely, this is what you've got to do, and this is the mindset you need to have. Now, my question to you is, why do you think after that kind of decision where I stopped running the race, mm-hmm. I decided to put on my clothes again and go running? Anyone have any idea? We're a small group here. We can, why did I go? Why did I go? His reputation. It was because of his reputation. Yeah. It was because of his reputation. He was an Olympic champion, a Commonwealth gold medalist. 6 times national champion, decorated athlete, and he is telling me, come run with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was his reputation. Abraham believed God. Because of God's reputation. You know, God has an amazing track record. An amazing track. You get to Hebrews chapter 11, and, I mean, it goes on. You can take time to look at that through the lens of You know, God's reputation. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, I'm just going to refer to it. It says, by faith, God created the world. By faith, he took a man by the name of Abraham, who was a farmer. And at 70 years old, he sent him to be the father of many nations. By faith, God delivered 2.5 million people from bondage, from oppression. You know, by faith. By faith he parted the Red Sea. By faith he broke down the walls of Jericho. By faith he used a woman who was considered a lady of the night or a prostitute to to, to, to save her family. By faith he routed armies. By faith he raised the dead to life. Abraham believed that God had the power to do what he had promised. How
1: many promises
0: are there in the Bible? There are lots of them. A lot. You know, it's interesting. I I actually did the search, all right? And so I went to uh, Bible Gateway, and I looked at Strong's Concordance. That's what it is. And there are 7,487 promises that God has made to man. Wow. And then to each other, there is 997 God bless them that they will sit there and count that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so there are over 8,000 promises in the Bible that God has made to man. Does anyone have in, in today a go-to promise that is near and dear to your heart? Do you have a go-to promise that you hold on to? Is there, someone, is there something that in your heart you can say immediately, this is, this is one of the promises I hold on to? Does anyone have that? Yeah never will, you, never will I leave you Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Peter what do we got. You love that one? <laughs> you, that was it. Okay, all right. well, man, I tell you maybe I should get that one too. <laughs> you know uh, Anyone else? You know what's mine lately? God has the power to do what He has promised. That's what I'm holding on to. That's my kind of my theme scripture this year. God, you have the power to do what you have promised. Can you envision what that will look like when it is fulfilled? Do you sit there and and think about and envision this promise being fulfilled in your life? Let me encourage you to sit and think about that. That God has the power to do what He has promised. God will fulfill His promises. How long can you wait? How long can you wait? And what will you do while you wait? You know, we live in an instant society, right? God, I want patience, and I want it now, right? We live in this instant society, but God has the power, you know, to do what he has promised. How long can you wait? You know, um, Abraham waited on God, uh, but it wasn't without anxiety, uh, you know when we think about Abraham, you know he's called the father of faith, but he, he did not have a squeaky clean track record. You remember, remember the time when, uh, for those of us uh, who, who who knows know his story, there was uh, Abraham. God promised Abraham a son uh, through uh, Sarah, but Abraham, but there was one day when Abraham said, "You know what? God's not coming through. I'm going to take this matter into my own hands." And he took his maid servant and he had a son named Ishmael. Right, and so you know, and God was like, "That's not my plan." But you know, we know that Abraham. The net outcome was that he was a fa- he was our father of great faith. So the plus, minus, and negative, you know, we, we end up having a positive, uh, a patriarch, right? But he had his moments. He lied, you know, when he went to to, to you know. Um, and the president Abimelech, you know, saying, "Hey, there is my my sister." And then, you know, he saw him kissing, and he's like, "No, I can't be your sister. You, you're not going to do that," and so on and so forth. I mean, he was not a perfect person, right? And neither are you. You have your moments. I know you have your moments of anxiety. I do, right? While we wait, but you know, it's something. It's uh, um, uh while. But while he waited, Abraham went. And while he waited, Abraham went. You know, it it says here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, it says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going, by faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as in Isaac and Jacob, who were ears of him of the same promise. Where he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is is God. Mm -hmm. While he waited, he went. Now, when you think about... Now, I want to just talk to you about waiting in the Bible. Waiting in the Bible is not a passive state. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right? It's not like I'm just going to wait for something to happen. I don't know. I'm just going to wait. But think about it this way. You know, you... um, uh, If you want healing, right, you you uh, and you you, you know and, and you believe in medicine and you think that that's going to help you go to the doctor you get dressed right you hop in the car or take the uber depending on your vibe okay you go to the doctor's office and you're waiting there's a line there and you're waiting and but you're waiting in expectation that somehow the relationship between you and that doctor they have the resources they have the expertise You have your input in the situation, and that somehow you're going to come out of there either, you know, uh, finding some kind of treatment or eventually feeling better, right? Mm -hmm. But your waiting is actually shown in the fact that you are actually going. Mm -hmm. You're not staying at home. If you stay at home and you don't go to the doctor, you don't get any better, right? And so there is your part. Mm -hmm. And there is the doctor's part, right? Faith has, this faith involves your part right. and God's part. So Abraham went, even though he didn't know where he was going.
1: All
0: right. You know, God sent him. He says, See, I can just imagine, God calls Abraham. And Abraham says, I want you to go, and I want you to go to Promised Land. I can just imagine the conversation with the family. You know, at seventy years old, Sarah, God wants me to go uh to the promised land. God wants me to go. Where where is this? He says, I'm not really sure yet. So you are like you are like taking everything up, you are pulling up, you know, the pegs, and you're going and you don't know where you're going. What kind of what's going on with you? You know, he says, I trust God. You know, and, and because I believe God has the power to do what He has promised. I mean, it's, it's amazing, but you, you gotta, you, hey, listen, man, you gotta give Sarah credit. <laughs> okay? And so Sarah went with him and his entire family. You know, um, so Abraham went while he waited. Waiting in the Bible is not a passive thing. Um, you know, in Boston, there are many times uh, that we don't know how things are gonna turn out in God's ministry. We have challenges and uncertainties. You guys, can you relate to what I'm talking okay. about? Mm-hmm. Challenges and uncertainties. And, um, and, and we sometimes, you know, we sit there and we go, wow, what are we going to do about this one? But we have a quote in Boston that uh, is, is, is alive right now. And um, this, is what it's, this is what we say. The only thing we know about how to progress is the progress. That's what we say. The only thing we know about progress is the progress. we just can kind of step out and do something, right? I mean, we can right. we can sit there and we can yeah. think all day long. Like, how oh, you think, uh, what if this and what if that? So like, well, the only thing we know how to do is about progress is just to make progress. And so we a lot of you know, oftentimes we're kind of stepping into the unknown, right? But that's what faith is, you know, whether you're you're raising a family and uh you know it's great you know, hang you hang with some of the, the young families last night and and uh you know you know you know parenting is definitely not an exact science. <laughs> it's more of an art, right? And uh well how do you do this? How do you do it? well the only thing you know you gotta do about progress is do progress, right? You gotta try things. You know, you gotta go go on faith. You know, uh, read your Bible. Hold on to a promise and step out on faith. You know, churches live like that. Sometimes you look at a situation, a mountain, and you go, how are we going to overcome that mountain? And well, okay, have the discussion. But honestly, the only thing sometimes you got, you know about progress is to progress. Take a step of faith. Do something, you know, and believe that God has the power to do what He has promised. You know, if it's within view of His will... Can expect something to happen because God is powerful. Amen? And so that's that's our that's our latest thing. You know, we like, all right, let's let's just step out in faith and see what God does with that. You know, James had something to say about that. Uh in, in James chapter two, verse fourteen. Actually, I didn't have this scripture written down, so I'm gonna pull my Bible out here. Uh James chapter two, verse fourteen. I like what he says. Uh, You know, James is a very, I like James because he's a very practical, kind of straight shooter. You know, he doesn't mince words. And uh, in James chapter 2, beginning in verse uh, 14, he says, uh, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if anyone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, well fed, but there's nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God good. Even the demons believe that. Sure you foolish persons, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham, he shows up again, considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions are working together. And his faith was made complete by what he by what he did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We'll pull up a chair, and, you know, James was here. He'd probably say to us, you know, Burlington Church, brothers sisters sometimes the only thing you know about progress is to progress right step out on faith of course this comes right after you know in chapter one he says you know if you if you lack wisdom just ask God okay so he does include God by the way it's not just about our own self-reliance right our own technique but he says you know if you if you're unclear ask God and God is not stingy he will give wisdom church to anyone who asks for it, right? And so God will give you wisdom generously. He okay. will pour it out on you, but you got to ask. But then he goes on to say, if you believe, you can't doubt, because if you're doubting, yeah. you're kind of like a, a wave, in Lake Champlain. you're kind of like, huh. you know, you're, you're going to be tossed all about. you got to pray, God, thank you for the wisdom that we have received, that you will give us, you will make this way clear for us. And then James comes in later and he says, okay, so sometimes the only way to Progress is to progress, right? You know, you can say, you know, go, keep warm and well fed, but you got to do something. Got to go to the store, get the clothes, go to Target, whatever, and get that coat, give it to them, you know. And that, that, that's when your faith is complete. Um, you know, uh, we have uh, in our region, in the central region of the Boston Church, that's the region that we lead you know, we really wanted to be a part of our you know, impact our community. We have uh we have this question we ask ourselves, hey, if we were to move out of our town, would 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 they miss us? Mm-hmm. And we just couldn't answer that question. The answer well, the clear answer was no. I mean we're we're worshiping, we're doing everything, but we know we have scriptures like you are the light for the world, sitting in the hill, that cannot be healed and you preach that. It just felt a little empty to us. Mm-hmm. So we thought, okay, well, if Jesus is saying that, and that's his reality to the church, how do we fulfill this? And so we were praying, God please, and we thought we had this opportunity and uh to serve. And so um, it was actually it was uh we had a, something called a Saturday Academy where we would uh which was sort of a, a lower income area and we would, you know, uh come and encourage the kids in the morning, have breakfast and then do different activities and so on. And and so we started down that road but our dear town um who uh Honestly, found out, or, or know us to be people of faith, said, you know, we don't want people of faith serving the community. So, we kind of like, okay, well, that door was closed. So, I went and told the church, said, guys, you know, honestly, uh, you know, they don't want people of faith serving the community, you know? So, that was, that was a closed door. So, what did we do? So, three weeks later, uh, actually, the next midweek we came together, and I said, okay, guys, we have three, I want us to pray about three things. Uh, God has the power to do what He has promised. Okay, Jesus wants to be a light of the world. Do you want to serve your community? Do you want to help? Them? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. we got to pray to God open some doors. So we pray. We actually spend a midweek in prayer mm-hmm. and uh, three goals, and said, so, "God, please, 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 help us to find a way that we can serve the way you want us to serve. We think we know what to do, but you absolutely know what to do. Mm-hmm. There are needs somewhere we don't know where that is." Mm-hmm. A week later. Uh, we were actually in England, actually celebrating our 30th, our wedding anniversary. We've married 30 years. Amen. So clap for her. Amen.
1: Godly woman. Uh, and uh, anyway,
0: that's another discussion. But um, and so I got a phone call. And um, hi, this is Fred Richard. You know, um, I'm calling you because four years ago your church came. Came um, to our facility here in Drake Village, which is a facility of uh, uh, actually a, a housing, you know, complex that houses 305. Because he told me seniors and disabled persons. And he said, we would love. We remember four years ago you came, and you we spent Thanksgiving together, and 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 the residents never forgot that. Can wow. you
1: come back?
0: No. And we're all like. Huh? <laughs> uh, and so we we had a meeting with them. And and so I said, well, you know, so we got together, and, and the who's who was there, like the president of the Tenants Association, the assistant vice president of the Tenants Association, and, you know, they have their own world, and they're, they, you know, they're running things. And so we sit down with them, and I said, so how can we help? He said, well, what do you want to do? I said, what do we want to do? I said, no, you tell us what we want. Um... Okay, well, uh, you know, uh, you know, during Thanksgiving, um, we usually just order pizza for everybody. Do you think we can partner and can you can we can we work on stuff together? I said I think we can help with that. You know, maybe we can do a potluck together. They lit up. Oh, that's great. That'd be wonderful. I so, said, yeah, we can do that. And then they go, well, Christmas is a really lonely time. I, we don't want to bother you, but do you think we can do something for Christmas as well? I said we would love to. Oh goodness, and, and and can you sing and a Christmas? So I said, we can do that. Of you know, course, we got all kinds of you know, musicians. I said, yeah. I, I said, great. Is there anything else? He said, well, <clears throat> I don't want to, we don't want to keep bothering you, but do you think that um, you can do a church service here?
1: <laughs> I said,
0: like, what do you mean? Like, you know, yeah, of course. I, I'm sure we can do that. If you want would you like us just to come and just do it once in a while, and he says, "Well, um, well, I mean, if it's not too much, can you do it every week?" <laughs> and we're like, "I think we can arrange that. I think we can do it every week." And so, um, and, and and so it was. We're, we're sitting there going, "Wow, God just just like threw open a door. This right. is where He wanted us." Right. And 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 then, so I said, "Well, thank you, guys. We're really excited. We'll do our best." And oh, we just. said, Richard, we just want to hear the gospel. You know, we used to have church here, but it's been like five years, and nobody wants to come, and I'm like, we'll come. We'll come. As long as you want us here, we'll come. Oh my goodness, that would be great. Uh, So, great. So we're up, you know, we are leaving now, and and then the assistant director, he says, let me walk you out. I said, sure. And I said to Steve, this is amazing. He goes, yeah, he goes, he says, you know, um, I just want to ask you one more thing. I said, go for it. He said, um, you know, I don't know Jesus. He said, I want to ask you, is it okay, would you personally study the Bible with me? No, I, I said, I think we can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, so we are now studying the Bible with the uh, Assistant Director of the Tenants Association
1: right. at
0: Drake Village, and this is a picture of our, our, oh, our first worship service. Yeah. Uh, it, we had 20, 20 of, of the residents come yeah. out and uh, it was really cool because, you know, we have some of the younger generation, they get to use their gifts. You know, that's Jimmy there, and he's like a really cool kind of bluegrass player, and, uh, and he was playing his songs, and that's Jamie Lee, and she was the singer, and they just loved it. And it actually just goes from 3 to 3.30. So we sing a couple of songs, I get up there, I speak for 15, 20 minutes, and then we have one more song and we're done. We hang out for coffee and stuff like that. And uh, even as I speak, uh, they're, they're, they're going to have a, a, another service at 3.30, uh, but someone else is preaching. They don't want us to miss a beat. And so they're there, man, and they are just uh, uh, loving the Word of God. You know, mm-hmm. God has the power to do what He has promised. You know, Abraham believed in God's reputation. As I wind it down... Uh, I have another. I have another question. It says, "What will your reputation be? Mm-hmm. What will your reputation be? What What does your church want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? You know what I love is in, in James uh, chapter two, verse twenty three. It says, "And the Scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend." Mm-hmm. Wow. Whew. Man. That just, that, 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 when I read that scripture, that just hit me. I'm, what do you want to be called by God? That's my friend. Mm-hmm. Well, God, why is he, he just has so much faith in me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, you know, I, I you know, I, I would love, you know, I would love to be liked by everybody and loved by everybody, but that's just not a reality. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not everybody's going to like you, not everybody's going to love you. Okay? But what I care the most about is being loved by God and being a friend of God. What about you? Abram believed God. And he was called God's friend. Imagine that. This church. Oh yeah. They're like God's friend. Why? Because they used to believe in His power. His promises. And they have faith. What if faith were your ambition? What if faith were your ambition? You know, uh, have you ever thought about Growing in your faith? Working on your faith? Uh, you know, faith can be grown, actually. You can grow in your faith. You know, the missionary Paul, he was just, uh, I, I, you know, his, his, it seems to one of his famous uh, uh, verses was more and more. Growing your love more and more. Growing your faith more and more. You know, here are some suggestions. You know, read your Bible intently to hear God's voice because he speaks. Yeah. Don't just read your Bible. Read it intently to hear God's Mm -hmm. voice. You know, James would uh, later go on to say that uh, anyone who looks intently Mm -hmm. into the perfect law and continues to do it, not forgetting what he is what? Heard. There's something about interacting with God's word in that sacred moment, if your moments are sacred. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, and I always always tell my, my brothers and sisters, don't like I mean, if you're walking with, if, if you're serious about growing in your faith, you, you kind of, I mean, there are, there are moments like that where you can read your Bible on, you know, on tea or whatever. But if that's your constant diet, you read your Bible on tea, you got your Dunkin' Donuts and, you know, you're waiting for your stuff. You know, you can't hear, hear you can't hear God's voice with those steel wheels running along the tracks. It's just very difficult. You know, you have to find a place where, you know, you you are intently seeking and thinking about God's promises, his blessings, his direction in your life. That's how you grow in your faith. Pray like your faith depends on it because it does. You know, pray like your faith depends on it because it does. You know, the more I pray and you can probably relate to this, is the more my faith increases. That's just the way it is, you know. Not those, I mean like really praying your prayers. Mm-hmm. You know, not being too courteous with God. Dear God. <laughs> I wanna thank you. Just give me a little bit I don't mean to bother you. I try to help some disciples with that. It's like you're saying you don't need to bother God? You should bother him.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: let me show you the the, the, the parable of the persistent widow.
1: Yeah. Let
0: me show you the guy who's coming at midnight and you know and knocking on the door and making that and making and making his friends step over his family, you know, <laughs> to get him some bread. You know, you know, and they're like,
1: Whoa, that's yeah. amazing.
0: I said, No, don't 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 worry about the manners. You know, pray your prayers. Yeah. Pray your mm. prayers yeah. before God, and your faith will grow. Love, like it's the most important thing, it will not fail. Mm-hmm. You know, what I always teach my interns and, 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 and my staff is that you always lead with love. Mm-hmm. It is the most enduring. Lead yeah. with love. Not right? Love will never fail. By the way, love has 16 components to it. It's faith and the kind doesn't enemy doesn't boast. So you can kind of go through that and memorize that. But to lead with love is the most important thing. Go for progress over perfection. I keep saying the same thing, right? Go for progress over perfection. You know, I mean, you're looking, when you think about uh, the way that uh, uh, people conquered kingdoms and overcame circumstances by faith, you think about David, Right and Goliath, you know, five smooth stones and that—that's not perfection, by the way. He's like, yeah, put on the army. He says, nah, I don't want to do that. Now it's, it's a, you know, I'm a size small, you're extra large. Throws <laughs> it down. He gets his, you know, and he he knocks Goliath. And then and then you've got Joshua and, and God says, oh, this, you know, this Jericho, no one can come out. <laughs> Go in. And God says, oh, march around it and, and blow a trumpet. Do what? Blow a trumpet and the walls are going to come down. It's like. That's not that's not perfection. Yeah, it's just it's, it's obedience. Right? <laughs> that's what it is, yeah. right? And and so we're not going for perfection. We're going for progress. What does it look like for you to progress in your faith spiritually? How do you move forward in your life spiritually? Pick one thing and live by faith. Live hard by faith. You know. And so, yeah. So uh, what if faith? For your ambition, and so uh, I hope today was it was helpful to you. Yeah. And uh, you know, just let us all remember, uh, you know, Abraham is a great hero to us—not a perfect man, but we know that he believed in God's reputation. And brothers and sisters, what will your reputation be?